Radically resilient health is not the absence of injury, disease, infection, or stress. Rather, it's the ability to recover from injury, disease, or stress. This is Radically Resilient Health with Dr. Carolyn Dolan, founder of VitaKinetics. I'm your host, Connie Ray. We want to continue to share this vital and important information about how easy it is to change your health through simple lifestyle changes. So please subscribe to our podcast. Follow VitaKinetics and Dr. Carolyn Dolan on Facebook and Instagram. In this second episode, Dr. Carolyn Dolan discusses the importance of breakfast. It's more than just the first meal of the day. Find out why breakfast is vital to your overall health. This is Radically Resilient Health. Carolyn, what did you have for breakfast? This morning's breakfast was two sausages, some scrambled eggs, and two slices of oranges with everything but the bagel sprinkled on top of the eggs and sausage. Is it important to start the day with a good breakfast? As a general rule, I always talk about personalized nutrition and personalized lifestyle. It's not 100% for everybody depending on what your goals are. But the research does seem to lend itself positively that particularly for women, breakfast is very important in modulating that inflammatory condition. And that it's important that it's breakfast versus dinner. A study was done on overweight women who happen to have metabolic syndrome, which is sort of a precursor to things like diabetes, and it's an inflammatory condition related to poor blood sugar control. They had these women either eat a large breakfast or a large dinner. So they separated them into two groups for 12 weeks, and then they were measuring um, inflammatory markers related to insulin and other markers for health and inflammation. And it was a high calorie breakfast at 1400 calories. That's a lot of calories for a meal. They, they really did it for breakfast versus dinner. And what they found was that the high calorie breakfast and eaten in the morning improved senses of feeling full, improved the insulin sensitivity, and all of the other health markers that they were looking at. What's interesting about this particular study on large breakfast versus large dinner, the breakfasts were large in calories, but it was not necessarily promoting, as I would otherwise recommend, eating whole nutrient-dense foods, you know, vegetables, fruits, and proteins. I believe it even included like chocolate bars, you know, and sometimes you have to work with people and meet them sort of in these stages. They're not ready to give up the sugar all the way, right? But they want to make these health improvements. So this suggests that particularly for women, that eating breakfast and the timing of breakfast um, is important. You and I actually had a moment like this uh, when we were chatting about my food intake and what I, I would eat. And I would say to you, well, I start every morning off with coffee, oat milk and honey. And you said, what would happen if you gave that up? Could you give that up? And I said, no. I get up at f- mm-hmm. five o'clock in the morning and I need my coffee. I was able to make other adjustments but that was that was my deal breaker with you, not giving up the coffee. Yeah. And again, so that's why I'm saying when we say, you know, breakfast is the most important meal. Well, it has its benefits. And for a lot of people, it might be more important than it is for others. But if you have to wake up at five and you're not hungry, I'm not going to try to force someone to eat when they're not hungry because that has its own other psychological repercussions, right? But 
if you can time your meal, that even as long as you're getting it in by 10 o'clock, that may have enough health benefits to start to see improvements. And, and timing of your meal earlier in the day, where your largest meal is earlier in the day, and then by the time dinner comes around, you're having a smaller meal that can bleed into having positive effects, not only weight loss, gene expression, but improving sleep. The other research that was coming out that I was finding that the timing of when you are eating your food has many positive, potentially positive effects. This particular research I was interested in about the timing of breakfast because it's gotten really popular in the ketogenic world and fasting and intermittent fasting. Sometimes those have very therapeutic effects for very specific medical conditions. But as a general rule, for a majority of the otherwise reasonably healthy population, you might not have to go that far and you might just need to shift to, let me have my biggest, highest calorie dense meal in the morning for breakfast and that I can have improved metabolic markers, improved inflammatory process, potentially improved sleep. And certainly if you shift it over from, I mean, I don't recommend eating chocolate bars every day for breakfast for 12 (laughs) weeks, but I do recommend eating whole nutrient dense foods, fruits, vegetables. And I also recommend, while I didn't do that this morning for my breakfast, it is very common that what I have for breakfast is leftover dinner. So I always say dinner is what's for breakfast. And I sometimes throw a fried egg on it. And sometimes it's just the vegetables and protein that we'd had the night before. I can eat dinner for breakfast like a queen. It is what I enjoy. And I do exactly what you do. As a matter of fact, just this morning, I had some pork loin leftover from last night that I put an egg on top of. Ended up having my breakfast closer to 10 a.m. And my husband has always laughed at me. He says, you've always loved dinner for breakfast. And for me, it's because it keeps me full. The larger my breakfasts are, the less I want to eat at dinner. I've noticed that I sleep better when I don't have an excessively full stomach when I'm going to bed. And the research would support everything you're describing. Right. That's that's what I'm saying here. Like, it's not for everyone. And, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe your husband skipping breakfast isn't a big deal for him, but it does start to set the stage for the rest of your day. You have the nutrients you need to run your body through the day. When you have good satiety with your meal, you can make much better decisions when you are confronted with donuts. If you go in and you've already, you know, you're pretty full, then your brain's working top speed, you know, everything's going, you're like, no, thank you to the donut. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you go in and you're hungry, because now you're tired, because you didn't eat breakfast, it's much harder to make that decision. Is, is breakfast just as important for men? Again, I'm I, speaking to the, the research study alone, this is supporting it for women. However, my experience is, men will also do better if the same behavior system will be into play. And it would, it would make sense that it would be very similar. When I've worked with clients that work, you know, like night shifts or, you know, incredibly stressful jobs like firefighters or police officers, you know, where their, their shifts are a bit more erratic, eating times can be less consistent. I don't suggest that, you know, not eating breakfast is going to be detrimental. But clearly, if you're looking to improve your metabolic state, it seems like having a larger breakfast over having a larger dinner more often than not has 
consistent positive effect from that inflammatory state and your metabolic health and sleep. But then again, you know, if the only time you have to eat because of whatever line of work you are is when you get home from work, you know, make it as nutrient dense as possible and eat your food and don't worry about it. I, I'm excited because uh, you can actually follow along. Carolyn, you have a blog coming up with creative breakfast ideas. For me, it's because I'm up so early, I had to force myself to make a plan for breakfast because usually I'm trying to get as much sleep as possible before running out the door with that cup of coffee. But now making sure 10 a.m. I'm eating that nutrient dense breakfast. I found my niche. Although I'm not eating as heavy, Mm -hmm. I eat dinner later. So I'm able to sustain. Well, and this also comes back to the idea of the intermittent fasting, where a lot of folks are really trying to you know, skip meals here and there and fast or go for a longer fast. The more you can make something consistent, the easier it is to make it sustainable, right? Like you, you found, you dialed in where it's going to work for you and you can tweak it here and there. But if you had to then say, okay, well, now I want you to not eat for an entire day. That's a little bit different in, in women versus men. And depending on your health status can have a very different type of effect. And I, I generally find people work really hard to like, oh, well, I have to do this juice fast for three days or something like that. And I'm like, well, you don't really have to. I mean, you could incorporate fasting just by narrowing your eating window during the day, you know, where you're eating your a majority of your calories in, say, from 10 to 3, if, if you have that option, right? And then you're fasting, or even say 10 to 6 or 7. So where that's your eating window, then the rest of the time, you're essentially fasting. I mean, it's like built into our, our cycle of our day. Mm-hmm. So when you're sleeping, you're fasting. The easier it is to bring it into your life, the more likely you are to do it. If you make it too difficult, it's harder to sustain. Our whole idea about this radically resilient health piece is not that you're not going to be faced with difficulty with your schedule or your work schedule or stress, but that within that space, There's ways to optimize it Mm -hmm. and make it better than it was before. Maybe it's as simple as, all right, I go to work at 830. I'm going to eat my biggest breakfast, you know, at 745 or 8 in the morning. Set myself up and see, try it for a while. Mm -hmm. Try it for a month and see, oh, actually I am sleeping better. Oh, I am starting to lose weight or I am feeling more energized. And and so it's just in that simple experiment that one can do. Well, and going back to that first podcast where you talked about how to make it easier for you to grab the right foods, that starts with making sure that you have the right foods in your home to grab, which then makes it easier to make those choices, have nutrient dense foods for your largest meal. Yeah. I always ask people too, when they do reach for those things that aren't the best for their health, do you think maybe you're tired in the morning because you and you're you just want to drink three cups of coffee? Do you think maybe that's also because you might actually be hungry, right? You know, you're looking for energy because the stimulus of the coffee is also, you know, what we're putting into it. You right. know, are we using that for our calories? And the caffeine in the coffee can stimulate the release of glucose from your liver. So is that how we're getting our our energy, right? I do ask those questions too, when people are like, I don't want to do that. Or maybe I'm just not hungry when I first wake up. Okay. When do you feel like you're the most hungry and it's most possible for you to sit down and try to eat that meal? And for you, it was, okay, as soon as I'm done with my radio show, that's when I can do it. 
things are going to change. Life gets in the way. And you also need to have a plan for when life gets in the way. More of the episodes as we move forward, we'll talk about those things, the things that you can control, the things that you can't control, and how important that is to maintain optimum health. Well, and also remembering that it isn't about perfection. And while there are certain things that you know might require a bit more perfection depending on your health situation, but if you fall off and either miss breakfast or say you have a donut for breakfast, it's not about penalizing yourself for that. It's okay, I fell off. I'm going to get back on. You know, one of the things you and I have worked on and I work on all the time with patients and we talk about the elimination diet in particular, things like paleo. There's a lot of different elimination diets out there. While they focus on the whole nutrient-dense foods, their best gift in, in participating in an elimination-type diet is to gain the information to understand how your body responds to certain foods or items. Because then that makes the choice when you aren't prepared, you you didn't get to make your breakfast. Okay, then I'm going to go here and this is how I'm going to order my breakfast. If I can't have my own control over it, this is what I'm going to do. Because I know that if I don't do this, that I feel this way. Or if I eat this particular item, I feel this way. And so that's where you gain a lot more control over it where it's not about making a perfect choice all the time, but making the best of what's available based on understanding how your body responds. You've been listening to Radically Resilient Health with Dr. Carolyn Dolan. Did you know you have a hidden superpower? Find out what it is on the next episode of Radically Resilient Health. Learn more about Vitakinetics and Dr. Carolyn Dolan at vitakinetics.com. Follow Vitakinetics and Dr. Carolyn Dolan on Facebook and Instagram. Content in this podcast is for informational purposes only. It is not intended as medical, physical therapy, or healthcare advice. Listening to this podcast does not create a healthcare provider patient relationship. Please contact your medical healthcare provider if you suspect you have a medical problem. This podcast is funded by Vitakinetics.